Hi, I'm Joel. This is the Creativity Pulse podcast, a podcast where we dive into the cool waters of creativity and cruise around some creative thinking, evolution of ideas, and innovation that currently exists in a variety of industries and businesses, big and small. I chat with my guests about their life and business and their approach to creativity. The guests share some of their methods and techniques with us so we can try and understand how some of the more creative people around us go about being, well, exactly that, more creative. For those of you just joining us, let me explain how things work. There's a weekly episode with a guest lasting between 15 and 20 minutes. There's then a series of three episodes. They're really interesting people and my idea, initial idea anyway, of two episodes meant the episodes were getting to be a marathon of listening. There is also a takeaway with the third guest episode. This summarizes the whole conversation with some creative ideas linked in. It includes some insights to help you exercise, flex and build your creative mental muscle. You'll also find some information on the website that helps you do this. Check out the Creative Ideas Generators, for instance. All right, here we are on the Creativity Pulse podcast again. We've got a really exciting guest for you. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? So my name is Sue Young Lee. Sue Young is my first name. I'm originally from South Korea, born in Seoul, um, Grew up mostly on the East Coast, but lived all over this country. What do I do? So I have an umbrella company called Multiverse Consulting. And then from that, I have a passion business called Unschooling for Creators. And if I had to give an elevator pitch on that, it's basically I help people build their plan A life and business because we're kind of expected to live through plan B and C most of our life. And I don't think you should have to wait till retirement to get to your planning life and business. That's who I am. Thank you for having me, Joel. I, hey, my, absolutely my pleasure. Um, so there's a couple of things you basically do there. We'll start with your sort of first non-passion job, shall we sort of call it that. Um, what is the multiverse? <laughs> So, so the multiverse is something that I use in all of my business, my overall consulting business, as well as um, unschooling for creators. So I found that as I was coaching people and coaching small businesses, that people had a very hard time looking into the void. And what I mean by the void is the unknown, right? So whether you're trying to grow your business or start a business or start a relationship you always start from the unknown. And I found the only way to really bring people into a comfortability with that is to understand that there's a version of them somewhere in the multiverse, right? Or if you kind of compress timelines somewhere in the future, it could be a week away or a month away or many years away, that's actually solved the problem that you are currently struggling with. So I use very various like meditations. I use kind of frameworks to help people that every choice that we make, we're at a fork in the road, right? Every choice. I mean, you don't want to over like belabor the point and make people like hyper aware, but every choice we make, there's a fork. And in that fork, there's two, two roads. One is personality and one is potential. 
personality is always related to our past. It's just a given. It's who we say our identity is. Even the successful parts of our, you know, our identity or personality, they don't necessarily take you to your potential. The other side, potential is the void. It's the unknown. And if you can start choosing from your potential, this massive like garden of forking paths that led to that one choice open up. And let me give you just a, a brief example, because I think sometimes people are like, what does that mean? Okay, so let's take it as something as small as putting creamer in your coffee when you're like, I'm going to fast from these hours until 2 p.m. You're like, well, just this one time, I'm going to put creamer in my coffee. Well, what happens is you actually show your inner witness. I talk about inner witness, outer witness. Your inner witness is tied to your subconscious, which makes 90% of your decisions, right? So you've just told your inner witness by putting cream in your coffee, she's not going to follow through on the commitments she makes to herself. And then that starts impacting the rest of your decisions for that day, It'll impact your business, your interpersonal relationships, um, whether you go to the gym or not. I mean, maybe not directly, but already you set in a seed. I'm not going to follow through towards my potential. You know, whether that's less inflammation, better health. But when you start like creating a business with someone, their passion business, their plan A, you constantly have to remind them. Stop going towards your default. Stop going towards your personality. Go towards the unknown. Because what happens is when you start pushing the edges of what's familiar to you, it's like, <laughs> like it's so terrifying that you're like, your whole body, your subconscious, your unconscious is like, let's go the way we know, you know? Because already the super highways of your neural connections are built on the defaults, on the automatic pilot. So I hope that clarifies a little bit. That's what I do when I work with my clients um, on every level. That sounds fascinating. The, uh, I've been reading a number of books recently on uh, creativity and how to sort of uh, expand your ideas. You know, there's this sort of whole idea that, you know, sort of someone like Alexander Graham Bell just sat down one day and invented whatever he did or you know and you know they sort of forget that people have thousands of ideas that are awful you know leonardo uh you know da vinci same um thousands of notebooks of just complete waffle really um so basically you need to sort of get used to and again i remember speaking to people about this uh you need to sort of get used to being comfortable with facing the darkness, basically. You're facing the unknown, Absolutely. you know, because you're doing something new. No one's ever sort of done that. But there's that interesting overlap where you mentioned about your future self has already sort of not necessarily in a, in a sort of a mystical way um, existed before. But many of the problems that you're facing have been faced by people maybe 1,000, 2,500 years ago or something like that. And Absolutely. that is... What's sort of the idea with that? Is that to sort of center you or to provide you with sort of, a, you know, a sort of a, um, a cuddle, you know, uh, mentally, is it? <laughs> well, I'm not afraid to go mystical and spiritual, right? But I mean, if I want to ground it into something that's more for the logical listeners of the show, 
So when we have a problem, and my whole system of unschooling for creators is starting with the problem. The problem is basically an individualized universal problem. So whatever you're struggling with, whether it's, I can't think of the ideas to write my content, or I don't know if I have the courage to leave, you know, my nine to five to start a side hustle that might take me out of that picture. So you have to realize that many other people, especially people online are facing the exact same version of your problem. So it is, it's to me, it's kind of a framework to help people understand how do we keep choosing towards, you know, the potential, how do we keep looking into the darkness and say, okay, I, I got this because no matter what happens out of that choice towards the void, the potential, all these other ideas will just present themselves that never would have if you didn't make that choice. So I mentioned to you before my older son, he's a game designer and he's creating this VR game with his colleagues for a grant in Canada. And it's all about that moment when you look into the ocean and you're like just about to go over that reef and it's endless water and darkness, right? But it's it's what we have to do all the time as creators, as creative people. So for me, it's a framework to really understand your problem is just a universal problem that's individualized. So let's step into that together because as you create the tools for yourself to overcome that one problem, then those are the tools that you're going to give to your clients. You know, those are the tools that they might help them build their own tools. So it's less of a cuddle. Maybe it's more of a, like part of someone's base camp. I talk about the base camp, building your base camp so that you can leave the edges of your comfort zone, go out there and explore, and then you come back, right? You're like, okay, now I'm going to regroup. Or you pick up that base camp and you carry it with you into the unknown. So now you have a place to return to. And that base camp has tools. It has hope, you know, your toolbox of hope, whatever you need to look at once in a while to be like, okay, this is okay. I know what I'm doing. Or maybe I don't, but that's okay. So yeah, I like the idea of a cuddle, but it's more than that. It's kind of like, you know, a framework that you can kind of carry with you each time you have to face um, a choice that is going to impact you in the present moment, but also impact your future moments. I like the going over a reef uh, analogy. I dive, yeah. I've done that. I've looked into the deep Perfect. blue and it's part of it is what's down there. The other part of it is <laughs> I know what's down there and it can be a little scary at times, but there's this overwhelming desire just to be drawn to it. Um, I also surf yes. and, you know, I'm not a, a huge wave surfer, but I'll surf two meter waves, which have a 12, 13 foot face to them. Um, you know, my wife wow. generally tends to go and sort of take the kids somewhere and, you know, it's like, don't watch dad. Um, yeah, he, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a scary <laughs> moment. So, um, on that side of things though, do you find it difficult for people to sort of face that fear when 
all we ever do sort of, especially online nowadays, whether it's through social media mm-hmm. or even through Zoom calls, we sort of have this perfect avatar that we portray to everybody is it really difficult to get people to sort of you know just okay drop all of that put the cardboard aside and let's see who you are and delve a bit deeper how do you I mean do you have to be sort of fairly creative in how you do that because we're all individuals (laughs) apparently yeah so that's (laughs) well yeah kind of right we are we're not um it's a beautiful question so what happens I think in the process is there's a lot of things that come up for people as soon as they start leaving that comfort zone, right? And like I said, people tend to want to latch on to what's familiar. So based on my discovery calls with them, based on my content, people are pretty much know that I'm not someone who gives a F about being picture perfect online. You know, my content is pretty authentic. I had, um, Someone in my Twitter community, one time he messaged me and he's like, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, just look at my Twitter feed. <laughs> you know, it's clear that I'm struggling with this thing. I'm struggling with how do I balance in real life versus online engagement and community. And then he's like, but I'm confused because you have such polished content. And then you have like, you know, where I'm concerned about you. And I'm like, but isn't that human? There are things that I know that I can give of value very easily, but I'm also very open that as a creator, I have these issues. You know, I'm a single mom. I'm in my fifties. I've made choices so that I can live this life, but here's what it looks like. So sometimes I'll be putting on a Twitter space you know, taking notes, responding to people in the chats. And then my son is like building like robots on the ground, right? So I'll take a picture of that and be like, this is what it looks like to be a creator because I'm not male. I'm not young. I'm not white. I'm not, you know, all these things that I think immediately until now people imagine creator. It's like, you know, a nice looking young guy, you know, giving these great message of value. There's nothing wrong with that. I have the utmost respect for Dan Coe and Andrew Kirby and Alex Hormozzi. I love all those creators, but I am taking value from them and making it mine to work with my life. So people already know when they start working with me, that's going to be the template that we're working on. And in the agreement that they have to sign, it's pretty clear that I'm going to try to call them on their BS because that's the only way to move forward, right? So there's an openness and trust that I... I'm so grateful for that they allowed me in. Um, so for example, what happens is when people start working with me, they have this momentum and they're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Let's go. Let's go, right? You always see this on Twitter with some cute little gif of like someone like, you know, running off. <laughs> and then what will happen is they start like going back to their default. So I already know a window of their default because we talked about this in the discovery call. I dive right in, right? So then I'll be like, oh, that's great that you're like building a website and, you know, trying to purchase a domain name, but you don't even know what the heck you're selling. This is not going to keep up your momentum. We have to do the processing. Without the processing, unless you clean out the inner clutter and the external clutter, right? Which is the external clutter could be anything from like, 
you know, saying no to another client or, you know, stop dating this person. The internal and external have to work together. So I'll say, well, I kind of see you doing what you usually do, which is avoiding processing. And a lot of people avoid processing because of, I would say there's like maybe two or three top reasons. One, they're really scared of what they're going to find in there. So I ask them, you need to kind of do the inner cleaning. That means dive into your darkest caves and see what comes up. They're afraid of what they'll find. And two, they're really afraid that if they share what they find, that they will lose credibility, audience, followers, all of that. But the funny thing is, it's actually the complete opposite of that. You being real, you being authentic is actually going to build your personal brand and help people trust you. Because who are you going to buy the used car from? You're going to buy it from someone who seems genuine. You know, they could come up to you and say, oh, I had a rough night with the baby last night, but, you know, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm going to do my best to be present. So it's really part of my whole brand is how can we be real still provide value and service to other people, but to normalize all the varieties of what it means to be a creator, normalize what it means to be um, in a successful, you know, business coaching system. Um, I had something happen one time. I had, I'm bidding on this project right now and I'm talking to this really large uh, business coaching company that's been around for 45 years. I can't say their name. But I talked about why authenticity is so important to me. And basically, I was in a group call and I got to see what this person's room really looked like. And the other person was like, oh, my God, I've never seen what his room really looked like. And I've worked with him for over 20 years. And I was like, oh, that really touches me because in being real, you get people to be real. So I think the tools that I use for that come from already this template of, I'm real. <laughs> I'm not going to be anything else but real. It doesn't mean that I'm only sharing what I'm struggling with, but the value of sharing what you're struggling with. Once you have a community of trusted creators, I can't believe like the reach outs, the advice, the perspective that I got that helped open me up, not to my personality, but to the potential of where I could go. Because when we have problems, we don't usually go towards potential. But if you can open up and share that with other creators, you get this perspective that's invaluable. Yeah. Some excellent sort of points in that. I think the there's a number of sort of things. Life isn't Hollywood. We are actually real. Our kids do walk into the room. You know, we do wake <laughs> up on the wrong side of the bed. We do have nights where we just can't sleep. Um, yeah. I'm 56. I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Um People, I, I think that's perfectly normal. I've got a bunch of friends who are like that. Um, I've got a, a couple of friends whose kids are having kids. You know, it's sort of like, good Lord, you know, I'm a dad and you're turning <laughs> into a granddad. I think people's perspective on wow. the world is now sort of quite open and sort of slightly more distorted. I think, you know, what do they call it? Um, the Overton window is now sort of shifted quite a lot in age yes. perspective. Um a few sort of questions here. I mean, there's a, we sort of in, are in this world where everybody's talking about productivity. 
You know, one of the things that I, it's one of my bugbears is having 22 and 23 year olds on Twitter telling me that I need to get up at five o'clock in the morning, wrestle an alligator, <laughs> go jogging with Jocko Wilco, you know, meditate for eight hours, do a 20 hour day, you know, play squash, go for a beer with my friend. You know what I mean? I'm sort of like, first thing is, is yeah. that 50% of us are actually programmed to be late night people. My wife and I are. Right. So getting up at five o'clock in the morning is sort of against my human rights. You know, um, that's how I feel about it anyway. For other people, my dad is one of those. He's up at five o'clock in the morning and really productive. Um, How my mother has maintained her sanity in the last 60 years, I have no idea. (laughs) She's very much the other side of it all. But we sort of look at, I was talking to someone the other day and he said, listen, Joel, it's all about knowledge and and." experience he said everybody can have the same knowledge he says you you know you go to the same university you have the same professor you read the same books you talk to the same people he said the uniqueness comes in your experiences and how you sort of connect all of those dots that you've had in your life and i tutor a number of sort of you know university and pre-university sort of students for you know university of liverpool and people like that and they know this you know but they just feel like they, I, you know, maybe they have this, what they call imposter syndrome, you know, where they sort of like, you mm-hmm. know, how could I possibly have any value? I'm 22 or whatever it may be. Um, so there's my first question. How do you sort of deal with that? Um, which one should you focus on? You know, are there certain times of your life where the knowledge and the experience sort of take a priority? There's my second sort mm-hmm. of question. Um, the genuine side of things I think is really important. You, I remember I was in sales years ago and you mirror mm-hmm. people when you, when they yes. lie, you lie, when they're genuine, you're genuine. Um, <laughs> we reflect everything other, <laughs> yeah. um, not that we purposefully lie, but you, I think you sort of understand what you mean. Here's the, Absolutely. here's the third, third question. I've heard a lot about personal branding. I've had to write my own sort of thing in a number of courses that I've been on. Do you think there's a lot of value in that? So last question, a lot of value in branding which should you Mm -hmm. focus on with regards to you know is there a priority of knowledge and experience and Mm -hmm. what's your sort of value uh, well what's your sort of idea with regards to the genuine side of things you know trying to get that out how do you recognize that genuineness in your clients Mm. so let me start with the first question all all great questions i love great questions there's nothing makes you dive in like, you know, real great questions. So I'll start with the first one, if that's okay. Um, Knowledge. So, you know, what I find to be an issue is not the the accumulation of knowledge, right? We, We now have an endless resource of knowledge at our fingertips. You know, we could watch um, free courses, online courses, whatever it is, paid courses, The problem is, I feel, when we have knowledge and we're just in sponge mode and we don't apply it, when we don't have something that we're like, oh, that just lit me up, you know, just where you pause and you're like, I got to take the notes down, right? And you have it there and then you forget about it. (laughs) It's just gone. It's gone in your notions page, in your obsidian page, whatever, so you're like, oh, oh, I need that dopamine again. So then you look for the next piece of knowledge, right? Then we become like this massive like orb of knowledge that we're not using. 
And that I feel can really lead to depression because we are here to experience. We are here to explore, like you said. So until we actually take that knowledge and be like, here's my twist on it. Well, let me actually iterate that, you know, for the next month. And I think that's why I talk to a lot of my clients. Do not posture. Your authority comes from your experience and your experience has you in it. You are the cameraman. You are the main character. You know, you are the writer. So I love this question because unless we're in this cycle of knowing, right, which is knowledge being where we're like integrating that into our internal systems and then doing it's in the external world. It's tangible. We are going to just be overwhelmed by everything we accumulate for knowledge to get that dopamine hit and it will weigh us down because we're not using our potential. We're not using what our whole brain system, right? It's so that we can absorb internalize and apply well that's it for this week that was the first episode of three with sue young lee join us next week for the second installment we'll be talking about knowledge honesty experience posturing and cycles of knowledge and doing don't forget to have a look at the website you'll find some stuff to help you develop your creative abilities i'm joel who are you where do you come from And what do you do?